This is Everything's Messy Podcast. I'm Sarah. Welcome to today's show. I have an incredible interview for you today. It's just a great story. It's a messy story. You know, we have talked a lot about chronic illness and the ups and downs of that, the messy journey. You know, everything's messy because, well, it is. And this is not anything to shy away from that. I feel like when we talk about wellness and, you know, the mindset, that encompasses a lot. And this journey specifically today that we're going to share with you is an incredibly messy journey, but it is an incredible, inspiring story and how he came through the mess. He found the strength and it's just just an impactful and powerful story. And he tells it so much better than I do. So without further ado, please help me welcome Devon Taylor. All right. Well, welcome to Everything's Messy. This is a great uh, episode. I have with me author Devin Taylor. Uh, incredible story, incredible messy journey. Um, so Devin, welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. This is awesome, exciting. I'm, I'm just grateful. Thank you. So you you guys can't see him, but you should see this costume that he's wearing for Halloween today. It is spectacular. I believe it's uh, Luigi. Yes. Yes. Me and my partner are Mario and Luigi. I love it. It's awesome. It's so great. Unfortunately, you can't see it, but I am getting close to video. So maybe we'll have you back on. You'll have to wear something crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about, um, you know, maybe a little bit before the messy journey and how all that came to be? Yeah. So I honestly, first and foremost, I love the title of your podcast. So I was so intrigued when we met and you were kind of just kind of going over it and telling the story about where you came up with the idea. So um, how it fits in with us is perfect because my family is made up of all sorts of mess that. <laughs> are Yeah. And we, aren't we all? And let me just say too, um, the way Devin and I made our acquaintance, we did a joint podcast together and it was a really cool concept. It was sort of like a round table experience. And I feel like you and I just clicked on some of the topic matters that we were talking about. And I, again, I'm just so grateful that you're here. Yeah, absolutely. I think even with having kids now, because that's that's something that was new to me, you know, within a few years ago, um, just us connecting on that kind of helped me realize that doing this podcast or even having that connection with you was something that was super essential for this next phase of my life. So, yeah, yeah we so how I became an author is um, first, and not in the most traditional way, I would say for most people that become authors is um, I took in my four nieces and nephews. Um, they were in a situation um, that was pretty dangerous and um, they were taken out of their home and placed in social services. Uh, we got a call one day and I was on my way to work. Um, I work, uh, I was a volleyball coach, so I would travel from Paris to Long Beach. And Oh, back. wow. That's that's so interesting. Um, my middle plays volleyball. She's starting out in middle school, so she's she's very excited about that. But that's an inter- interesting connection as well. I love that. Yeah, volleyball is a great sport. I say if she loves it, try to stick with it because it teaches so much that I was able to use with um, raising the kids, just like about discipline and structure and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. back up a little bit for me. You're, you are their uncle, correct? correct? Okay. Yeah. So, and were you close to them bef- like before? Um, you know, 
Yes and no. Like, we had a connection, and I would hang out with my nieces and nephews, but I didn't have a very good connection with their parents. So, around the time they, before they were in social services, or, you know, they got placed, um, I was actually having a rough time with mom and dad. Mom had kind of completely disappeared. Dad was kind of just, you know, blowing in the wind, doing his own thing. Um, but the kids and their best interest was not being um, thought of. And so I knew initially when everything was going on and kind of how things were going, we would have to step in or I would have to step in at some point or eventually just to to help. Um, and in the capacity that we did step in, I didn't think, you know, it would be that much, but it was something that we couldn't say no to. So we kind of. And when this started to transpire, can you, are you able to say like the, how, how old the kids were at the time when this all started to happen? So now there we have a 16-year-old, 12-year-old, 8, and 9. At the time, because it's been two years now, it was 6, 7, Damon was 10, so Olivia had to be 14. So an array of ages and just all sorts of things going on for them as well, just those different ages. Oh, yeah. So... So you, you're going back and forth to volleyball, just, you know, doing your thing, maybe seeing them occasionally. And then what, what is the, you know, trigger, the catapult that puts us all into the messy journey? Yeah. So I got a call from my mom specifically, and she called me and she said, um, so I got a call. Um, Damon was put in the hospital, who was my nephew. Yeah, it was really bad. Oh my goodness. So, so, so bad. Um, he was in the hospital. Um, he had two broken eardrums. Um, just a, an array of different things that were super abnormal for the situation um, they were living in. And so she was kind of just explaining to me why he was in the hospital, um, that all of the kids had been taken, um, that she got a call from social services, and they wanted to know if we were willing to step in. And so, I mean, I I didn't have kids, so my initial thought was, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to help? I'm I'm not dad material whatsoever. And so I just started counting myself out and not really, you know, talking to myself in the, in the, in the best way or being supportive of myself. And uh, I got home and my partner, Giancarlo, um, was laying down and, you know, just hanging out. And I walked up to him and he could tell something was going on and was, you know, what's that? What, you know, what's happening? And I... I kind of hesitated at first, but then eventually just told him and said, you know, we, we might be taking in my nieces and nephews and we might be parents now. Wow. That's, that's heavy for both of you. I'm sure. My goodness. Talk about the moment though, because you had mentioned that you didn't think you were dad material, which I don't think is obviously the case, right? Look at what you've done, but talk about the moment that you sort of had that epiphany to like, you know, step up and, and do, do what you did. Yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, it, it came with the support that I received from my mom and Giancarlo. Um, when I told Giancarlo, he initially was, I thought he was going to have a different reaction. I thought he was going to be like, whoa, this is a lot for a kid. Um, a lot of things went through my head. He could sure. get me right away, you know, and he stayed and said, we got this, you know, this is wow. not we wanted we wanted kids we were just talking about this and so he just stepped up to the plate and was ready to to support me in this new venture in our life with taking in four kids so 
I, I was lucky. I lucked out with, you know, having someone that was willing to step up and help me raise the kids. But also, um, we were lucky enough to even have a situation to be able to house the kids, you know. Sure. Somewhere for them to go. So it just, I think the universe, God, the way things just aligned. Um, sure. We kind of come to that understanding that being a parent was something that maybe was aligned for me in this moment. And, you know, looking back on it now, I can say definitely it was something that was aligned for me. Sure. So talk about the initial, like, transition and, and chaos that ensues, right? They, um, I'm sure there's all sorts of emotions and on their end, on your end, trying to help them feel safe and, and all of that comes. So t- talk about just a little bit that transition and then maybe when does it start start to subside and, and start to feel like this is the right thing? So when we first arrived and got them, um, obviously they were ecstatic to see us and happy and we went home and, you know, on the way home, um, my youngest was kind of quiet or kind of to himself. So he didn't say very much. Uh, my nephew, we already had kind of a connection. So we started talking, catching up. Um, but initially, like, I want to say the first weeks when we got him into school, um, which is a whole nother thing, because I, I just learned through the whole, the whole school system. I, I'm gaining a different opinion. We'll just say <laughs> And so <laughs> I hope to lure you on to the homeschool side eventually. The big leap, but I think I think you can do it. Yeah, we definitely are going to entertain that. And I've been, you know, poking at the kids a little bit like homeschool, homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're stuck in the, the whole idea that they'll lose their friend, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, so we'll we'll tackle that um, very soon, I, I'm sure of it. But um, within that first week, I noticed that there were just things that were coming up, just natural emotions, you know, like they would you know, go from zero to a hundred, you know, with their emotions and just angry, like, ah, you know, screaming. Uh, My niece, she would throw things or she has autism. She, she, she would, you know, get really angry and just uh, verbally throw things or, you know, just kind of, um, how do I describe it? It was just a, a lot of raw emotion. And so for me personally, what we did and how me and Giancarlo really, tried to be the best aids for them, I would say, is we allow them to have that emotion and value. Yeah. 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 I mean, even as adults, sometimes we don't know how to handle our emotions, but as kids, you know, they certainly don't know how to, and everything is bigger and it's a bigger emotion. And I can't even imagine. And just even them, like what they had been through, you know, I couldn't even imagine that, you know, being a kid and um, an adult striking me or, you know, someone being so verbally abusive that I, you know, start to be negative to myself. Like wow. those were things that I wasn't used to. So I really had to put myself in their shoes and kind of really just understand that this was all built up. This was all part of their, their past, what they had been through, um, I think one of the biggest things that we did was uh, initially we got them into therapy. Um, I know karate has been something that we entertained early on and has really helped with just like the discipline and structure. Sure, sure. Trying to 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 open their minds to the possibilities that they can do and be whatever they want, and that's what kind of led me into writing the book. With you know because I was 
in a place where they're having all of these wrong emotions, you know, they're trying to figure out who they are. And I was, you know, I had to quit coaching to be here with them. And so I had a nine to five, but that wasn't like who I wanted to be or live within myself. So, so that's a great segue. So talk about how this book was born. How did it come to be? Yeah. So I, I mean, after. Well, for, first let's back up. The, no. I want you to have the opportunity to say the name of the book and, and how it's doing and everything. So go ahead and do that. So the name of the book is Icarus Finds His Power. It's a children's chapter book. Um, so far, it's doing great. Which is, I read it, it's fantastic. It's <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, and I have so many questions about it. But so go back to, so here's this idea that comes to be. Yeah, so we... So initially when I was thinking about it, I just, I, I really sat with myself, meditated, um, talked with GC, and we were really just trying to find like ourselves um, and how we can be the best represent representations for them. And so I, after doing a lot of soul searching, I realized that, you know, writing was something that I had a passion for, something that I had put to the side. Had you ever done any serious writing before you had i don't never published anything oh okay i have a bunch of things that i've written and just booked away because i would get to a point of writing and i'm like oh, i'm so excited this will be great but how do i do it yeah <laughs> give up and you know not do it and so i know when the kids came they were talking about being youtube stars and you know, of course of um, course <laughs> the age thing is to be a youtube star and so I was like, you know, how can I relate to that in the in the most, I guess, honest way for myself? And that was to write a book. And so I brought the idea to the kids, and they were super excited about it. They offered to write or to draw the illustration. And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. We can use their illustrations. I'll write whatever they draw, and then we'll create a book. I think it's fantastic that you included them. And that had to have brought you guys closer together in some way, right? Some sort of common goal to work together for and, and to just learn about them, I'm sure. I mean, did, did it help you see in things in them and maybe that they see in you? Absolutely. I think they are so talented and they have such bright futures that I think just doing that little project at the beginning, when we were starting with the illustrations and, you know, the little bit of writing I did, you could just see how vibrant they are as human beings, you know, just they're, they're full of so much potential. And so that really resonated with me and kind of propelled that, that whole entire journey. And anytime I felt like, can I do this? Should I do this? Thinking about their power and their essence just, you know, brought that life back to me and allowed me to push through. So that's amazing. So the main character is Icarus. Was his sort of embodiment, was it a, a co um, compilation of th those four? Was it you in there too? Like, how did he become? Yeah, so Icarus is, he's an embodiment of, I, I, I like to say of all of us, uh -huh. but yeah, his inspiration is, a, it pulls a lot from my nephew um, and his experience as far as like what he's, um, how he's explained how he's felt through the process. Is he the oldest? Yeah. Well, so he's able to. He's the most, I guess he could, he's the most expressive. So okay. In a, a lot of detail. 
how he's feeling, what happened, um, and just, you know, just we just talk about a lot of different things. So I would take a lot of uh, the emotional side of my nephew, and that's Icarus. Um, a lot of the mental side of Icarus is me. A lot of the action side is all of us. You know, there's so many elements to him that I just pulled from different parts of people that I know and situations that I've been through and tried to compile this character to really resonate. It felt to me, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I'm kind of getting the vibe. It felt to me like you, you know, took this very tragic, you know, thing that had happened, but you pulled it all into strength to show that, you know, you did something positive with it. Would you say that's, um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, you know, if you read the book, he goes through something that's pretty traumatic for any child. And I really wanted to connect on that. Like, you know, children that go through something that's truly traumatic. Um, there are not a lot of stories about that and there are not a lot of, um, people that understand well, sure. And mostly it's because people don't want to talk about that. It doesn't make them feel good. But I feel like to get to the other side, it ha- you probably need to dive in and, and talk about it. And I feel like the way that you did it, I mean, that's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk about um, the idea of, I don't want to give too much away, but like the animals and is it, like the wolf, is that also, a, you know, where you draw like is one of the kids, maybe that embodiment as well? Yeah, so we it's so funny. Um, I love that you're 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 asking these questions because it's it makes me feel so uh seen. So thank you. Yeah, uh, of course. But yeah, the animals uh really when we so funny when we took the kids in. So funny story, let me back up a little uh, Sure, sure, sure. When me and JC were walking one day, we were walking with just my dog Love, and um we were just uh, we were walking with my uh my niece's baby. So she had a, you know, a little baby and she was over for Thanksgiving. I think it was. And we took her on a stroll and we took the dog and we were just laughing and joking to each other. What if we had a bunch of dogs and a bunch of kids and then boom, you know, kids here. <laughs> he spoke it. <laughs> and now it's here. And right after we got the kids, um, love, which is my pit bull, got pregnant with a foster um, husky we took in, Juno. Um, okay. <laughs> we didn't think what would happen. Um, they ended up having babies, and we had one dog that led to, I want to say, 13. And then at one point, we had like 18. It was ridiculous. Amount. Wow, that's a full house. So we were just, I, I think when I wrote the Juno character, I was more so trying to just pull in that animal element because they're, they're so much a part of us, you know, as human beings. And I think humans tend to forget animals and like almost like a secondary mm-hmm. uh, facet. And I wanted them to almost be like equals. Sure. In the story. And- well, and there's, there's elements to that too, because sort of the part they play as to why you were giving them that uh, credit. I have to say, one of the lines um, it, it I did laugh out loud was when he actually says, uh, he talks about the name Icarus and he's like, didn't he die in the sun or something? And I, I could almost picture him saying that. 
but it was like it was so real because obviously you had to address the you know mythological story about Icarus but the way that you did it was truly like I think kids would they would understand that like it was a really funny I was like oh this is great you know I tried to throw in as much as I could that would make me laugh or be true to me and my storytelling and that you have no idea it sits on my heart when I hear this because I, I met um a young reader that was um, that had read the book I, I didn't know, and he met me and was like in awe because he loved the story. And it's almost I keep saying this because it it keeps happening. It's like almost unreal to be in those situations and to have someone appreciate your art because it took so long for me to get to this point. Sure, thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, no, and I just think I mean there there's other things. Talk about a little bit. Um, the um is do you say sunny or suny because i wasn't sure how sunny yeah sunny okay so where did she come from because i feel like you know again not wanting to give so much away but she's a very power you know especially in the beginning right where did that come from so sunny she I I honestly have so much appreciation for every parent, but specifically for all of the mothers. Mm -hmm. So my mother included, um, she is based off of my mom and, you know, how I felt when I was being raised. But um, Wow, well, that's such a great compliment to her. Um, I, I love my mom uh, immensely, and she, she has been a rock for me in a lot of different ways, especially with the kids, but... Um, I've always had this thing as a kid, our appreciation for mothers. Like I've always, you know, stared at moms that were just so caring to their kids or had an appreciation for women that went above and beyond. And I just, I just know that there's so much that comes with raising children now with experiencing it that I think when I was writing her, I wanted any parent to know that like they're appreciated. Definitely. Like sacrifice you guys are giving is appreciated. So. Well, and I love too how you sort of give her a backstory about how she was sort of the caretaker before she was the caretaker. It was sort of always her instinct and in her nature to sort of, you know, take care of what needed to be taken care of. Is it, um, does, does your mom help now with this, you know, the situation? Is she there? Do you call her and be like, mom, oh my gosh, this is how, what do I do? <laughs> She's, she's right there. She's been right there from the beginning. I would say that, you know, me and my partner have been like kind of, head, you know, spearheading the, the, the raising the children part, but she's right there with us, holding yeah. her hand, making sure we're okay, making sure the kids are okay. Um, we just moved. Um, and before we were, you know, living with my mom and you know, so we were all under one house and, you know, so she kind of, she works, so she would leave, but come back and, you know, be here with us and take the kids for the weekend. So me and JC could go out and do her thing but yeah she's been supportive with them she was supportive with me um i know there was a rough patch when my brother passed away when i was in high school and that was super so sorry yeah thank you no it was it was one of the the most surreal moments in my life but really eye-opening because i got to see a lot of different adults act in different ways um but for her, I could just feel how much love she had for him and how much she was hurting that I think it helped me realize um, as a kid, like how 
how much she's doing or how much she's sacrificing on a day-to-day just to make sure that we're safe, to make sure that we're okay. And How old were you when that happened? I was 14. Wow. So pretty big realization at that age, right? That's that's really um, powerful to say, to know at that age what you were seeing. I think I, I, I grew up really fast in that moment, which is, I, w- I wouldn't say it's like the most ideal, but uh, I feel like every situation prepares you for the next. And because in that moment I had that realization, I would start helping out more with the babies and the family and uh, my sister, she had a few kids at the time when he had passed away. And so I would babysit a lot and wow. just be present and try to be there for the children because it was like almost like an instinct picked up in me. And so I feel like it helped me. Sure. That we have now. So truly a messy story at a very young age. That's that's incredible to have gone through that. I'm, I'm very sorry for that. Um, but it sounds like you have. Like I've said it in the beginning, you've sort of taken that and it's like catapulted into this strength of just, you know, a pillar of strength, basically. Yeah, it's, it's, it was uh, a really hard situation to deal with when I was younger. I don't know. But as I've grown up, and ironically, my nephew is named after my brother, Damon. So he's like that reminder that like his spirit is alive and we're. Wow. Us, you know, and um, Damon is so smart and so bright that I just, I can see my brother in him. So there's like a, a comfort that comes with having my nephew around me 24-7. Um, I do miss my brother. Of course, of course. But yeah, I, we've all grown from losing him and been able to become, you know, that much different. Yeah, together. And, and now you sort of have your own close-knit now right and sort of rally around the kids and and so what um what do you see for them like you know you mentioned therapy are they adjusting or is have you sort of come out of that fog now would you say i would say yeah i think for me personally um a lot of it was just comfortability for them um the situation you know taking them initially was like the first battle and getting over that hump of becoming a parent and getting used to it. And that all takes a while. That t- yeah. that takes a long, long time to just even sort of breathe in your own self and be like, okay, this there may not be, you know, 15 crises today. Maybe it'll just be three crises today, right? Like that takes a while. Yeah, and we're still learning. I yeah. feel like we're still learning. Me, JC, the kids, we're all, we're all you know, still learning, but... I think the the amount of love that we have for each other is seen between each other. So we're able to kind of, I don't know, push through those hard moments. And, you know, I'm really quick at apologizing if I do something wrong and I don't, you know, I don't know if that's something that parents normally do. My mom- well, they should. They should. Like, oh, who would do it sometimes? <laughs> No, it's definitely, I, I've learned with all my children, because um, I'm not perfect. You know, we all make mistakes. And I think the quicker you can let your ego go, or your pride go, and just talk to them on their level and be like, you know, mom had a bad day. This yeah. was out of character. This, you know, I, you know, there's no excuse, but I completely apologize from my heart. And I always try to use the expression, can we start over? 
not forgetting it, but just can we start over? And that seems to just help everybody's emotions just kind of, okay, you know, it's it, it's past. All right. It's fine. And I think it's a good idea too. And a, and a good lesson for children to see that their parents aren't perfect. So they know how to grow up and be an adult and to own their mistakes and know that it's, it's actually okay. There's another saying that we always say, my son loves it. Um, making a mistake helps your brain grow because you learn from it. Right. And so that's, I think as a parent, um, like I said, if they're not, they should be. <laughs> Uh, you know, and it's funny because me and JC, we uh, we have like a, a difference between uh, between like, uh, like saying certain things in front of the kids or like you know having a little bit of arguments in front of them. And I'm like, I don't want to have any argument. <laughs> right. Um. You know, he's like they have to see like some kind of naturalness between us because if they're just saying, oh, perfect, 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 sure. Oh, well, then they're that's what their image of a relationship should be and then if they're not in that type of relationship then you know then what then what you know yeah. i'm trying i i've done where i pull them to the side and say you know we're not perfect you know everything that we do may not be perfect um we're um arguing sometimes sometimes that's not appropriate you know the way that we say things and you know we i own that completely and i want you to know that like if you're in a relationship like that in the future like that's that that means that's time for you guys to talk or you know sure but a conflict conflict is a part of life right. and i think teaching the kids to uh be able to either resolve the conflict and let them know that you know there's just sometimes that conflict is going to happen that that way like you said they don't grow up and be like well if it's not perfect if everybody's not getting along you know then they they start to feel unsafe if everything's not perfect right that's and that's a really hard balance because i think as to as parents we want to put on the perfect facade and we always want them to feel like there's no problem cuz we never want them to worry right but then they grow up and they ha they can't tackle any problem that comes. Absolutely, and that's what that's that's my biggest fear is just not um, and something I'm still working through. And I know that I'll eventually like you know find some solace in. But my biggest fear is just not preparing them. You sure lot. Sure. So going back to the book really quick. Um, first, is there a sequel? Mm -hmm. Are you allowed to say? Yeah. If you're not allowed to say, I won't put you on the spot, but it's it's enticing to know if there will be one. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm working on the sequel right now. Um, I really, I really have enjoyed just having this first book out. So I've been trying to um, just really resonate with it and allow people to resonate with it before the second one comes out. But I really want the second one to resonate with people. Because I feel like right now in today's world, everyone is figuring out like you're either going to do what you want to do or that time is passing. And so I want that next book to inspire people to do what they were called to do. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's yeah. the thing the book will be and where I'm going. And I certainly don't blame you for staying in that moment and just sort of, you know, relishing with everything that that's going on. Do you have like, um, do you do readings or anything like that? Like uh, public readings? Yes. Uh huh. I haven't. I I would love to. Um, it's just that the timing of it all. The the closest thing that I've I've gotten to a reading was I did a speech in Naples. Oh wow. Uh, 
and just kind of talked about the book, but more so uh, how the book came to be and our situation with the kids and whatnot. Um, but I would love to. I I know that our local library um, would love us to do that for them, and I'm open. I just think it needs to align with everything that we're doing with the kids and whatnot. Sure. But yeah, I that's, that's that. Great. That's amazing. I love that so much. And I, like I said, I'm a fan. The book is fantastic. Um, there's a part, and again, I don't want to give a lot away, but the let's talk about the the challenge that Icarus faces. Where did you like? Where did that come from? Like he he obviously the challenge is there, and then how he over like the specific way that he overcomes it. Can you speak a little bit on that? Yeah, so I would say the challenge came from um, from the kids situation, but also related to mine because a lot of people don't know that when my brother passed away, um, my mom my brother lived in Temecula in okay. now. And my mom moved into the house when he passed away. And I was going to school in Lakewood and didn't want to change my schools. So for two years, I was separated from my mom while she lived in Temecula. And I lived in Lakewood with my stepdad. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, that was a big challenge for me to kind of um, just get used to her not being there and not hearing her voice or not being able to talk to her every day for two years. And uh, I didn't remember that until we got the kids and me and John Carlo were having a conversation and, you know, I was just talking about, you know, when my brother passed away, you know, my, you know, my mom moved away. All right. She moved away. Like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. And oh my God. And, like, One of those things you just kind of shove down and not really want to deal with because it was sounds like at a crucial age, number one, and two, it was painful. Yeah, it was. It was a lot at the time, and I think it was a lot for her too because she didn't she didn't necessarily want us to stay in Lakewood, but she understood that we had established relationships, we had friends, that, um, and so she respected it and did what she thought was best for us at the time. And um, I don't regret it, but it was something that definitely changed who I, you know, who I am as a person today. Mm -hmm. Influenced me a lot. So that's kind of where his struggle came from with the, I'll just say, just with, you know, with him losing his mom and mm -hmm. that situation, but. Um, and then, so to the specific way that he sort of rises up, would you say that was sort of you and the kids with what you went through and, and just, I, I don't, well, I, I want to say turning it into something good, but he he had to find it, right? And I think, yeah, because I think for us, we all are put in situations that we have to not deal with, but find our way out of and use the support systems that we have to navigate that. And so with me and the kids relating to Icarus and his situation with his support system, I always wanted them to know, like, at the end of the day, uncle's always here. I'm always here for you if you ever need anything. And it's ironic that, you know, they ended up with me, but it was kind of like the universe's way of showing them that I've got them. You know, yeah. they you got me, I got them. And I, I 
that I wanted the universe to show Icarus, you know, even though he had been through something really hard and, you know, lost something that was really important to him, the universe had his back with, you know, the support system that, that came in to, to kind of fill that gap as much as they could, you know. And I, th I think, like I said, it's incredible. Talk a little bit, though. You just mentioned briefly the illustrations. Um, so did all four help with the illustrations or was it you too? Like, what? how would that go? Yeah, it was all four that helped, but uh, mainly Olivia and Damien, which are my two oldest, are the ones that really were adamant about creating the characters and um, just, you know, giving me examples for the scenes that we set. Because the imagery writing is incredible. So was the illustration done first and then you wrote about it? Or was the writing yeah. done first and then the illustration? Yeah. So a lot of the illustrations were done first. And what I would do is I'd say, oh, you know, I want to, how would I describe it? I'd say like, you know, oh, I want to see the light goddess in the, the outside of Aurora. And Olivia was like, I got that. And so she drew that picture and I was like, oh, wow. Perfect, you know, and then I would just write through that and then I'd say, you know, I want Icarus to look this way. And he's like, I got that. And so he'd draw that and I'm like, oh, this is pretty. So they, they just took what I was saying and, you know, drew their, their illustrations, put them together. And then whatever they drew, I took to the illustrator and said, I want this, you know, just, you know, in an illustration form, but I want the, the, the essence of what they've drawn to. Sure pull through in the book and so is juno does he look like the, does he because <laughs> when you write about it and if you close your eyes you can kind of see like his chest puffed up and like you know kind of scrappy and ready to go but it was it, it, the way that it all came together truly uh inspiring and just such a great way to take something very tragic and and just you know put a put something that you could do with them together and sort of help them have not replace what happened and certainly they'll always have those tragic memories but to have something to think okay but the, but then we're okay and this came out of it right yeah yeah it feels super special um like i said it wasn't something that i initially thought would happen but with just the the power of intention um we were able to make the book the, you know there i feel like because the book is made now they're going to be superstars because they 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 can they see it like they saw it yeah you did this you were there you know they saw me on stage like yeah well and they sort of saw the process from the beginning you know to accomplishment that's really big for them to see at that age too so i'm glad i'm, I'm glad everything worked out the way that it did and i'm just hoping to continue on the path that we've created um, with them and to just help them be the best versions of themselves Sure. So, okay. So four kids, how many dogs? Now we're at six. Six dogs. Oh my goodness. Okay. Any other animals or pets? One cat. <laughs> One cat. What does the cat think of all the dogs? I bet she's the ruler, right? Or he, she kind of keeps yeah, it in mind. He, he's the king of the castle. Okay. Uh, he's occupying our bathroom because that's just his space. His lair. <laughs> Hiding in there, but yeah, we're we're a full house right now. That's that's great. Okay, so um, as a parent, then can you give us like a funny story that just maybe you were caught off guard and you did, you know, maybe it was bad at the time, but now you can look back on it. It's funny. What can you leave us with? Mm, oh, you know what's funny is uh, 
I think it's funny because it was um, uh, a true emotional reaction for my nephew, Noah. Uh, we were, it was early in the morning and we were getting ready. Or no, it was late at night and I was tired. It was because we were moving. I was super tired and I had asked him if he wanted anything to eat and he said no. And so, you know, I kept doing what I was doing. And then he comes back and he's like, so as kids do <laughs> okay so we're still making something to eat and so we're going through all the things we have and it's just like uh, uh, mm, mm, mm. i'm mean, like nola i need you to help me decide right now so that i can continue what i'm doing he goes okay and he like picks something but then you know as i'm preparing it he goes you sounded upset were you upset and i'm like yeah a little bit <laughs> Yeah, it seemed like you were a little angry, <laughs> but was super genuine about it. Like, well, okay, Mr. Attitude. But <laughs> I just loved that he felt comfortable enough to just say, like, are you upset? Yeah, that's a true, yeah, definitely a true emotion. Just, you know, feeling that upsetness from me and being like, whoa, let me, you know, give him some space. Like, he feels safe enough to ask me and that's talk great. Still tell me how he feels, even though. I'm upset so i just when i have moments like that where they're just so true and authentic to themselves it makes me feel really great inside because i i know that it that kids don't always have that with their parents and it's really even hard to have that with other adults absolutely yeah most would shut down or just try to be passive or ignore it or something like that no that's great all right so tell us um where people can buy the book yeah, you can buy the book on um, Barnes and Nobles, um, Amazon. Um, you can, if you'd like a signed copy, I sell them on DevonTaylorAuthor.com. I'm more than happy to leave a loving message for anyone that would love to go through in the shop. But yeah, you can find it just about anywhere. That's great. And then how can, if they wanted to follow you or what, um, why don't you list, and I'll go ahead and put those in the show notes as well, but if you want to tell everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm on all social media platforms. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok and Instagram, it'll be Devon Taylor author. Uh, Facebook will be Devon Taylor books and merchandise. And then we also have a YouTube channel, Devon Taylor author. Awesome. Well, I so appreciate you coming on the show. I wish you a great um, happy Halloween, and I hope continued success with what you're doing. And sounds like you're doing an amazing job with those kiddos. Thank you so much, and I'm so glad to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely, thank you so much. And hopefully, we can maybe have you back on if you know there's other sequels or things that we can talk about. And definitely get into. I would love to. Yes, anytime. Thank you so much. And if you have a messy journey or a messy story that you would like to share with us, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, send me an email at everythingsmessy at gmail.com. You can also find me at Instagram and Facebook at Everything's Messy Podcast, also YouTube and X at Everything's Mess. So please reach out if you've got questions. I'll be putting all of Devon Taylor's information into our show notes. Tell us what you think. And thanks again so much for listening. Take care. <laughs>